play and stay on Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. Stand up paddleboarding, hiking, great restaurants and breweries. I'll tell you more about your next vacation destination later in the show. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal, the show where celebrities share stories about the foods they love most, and we dig into the history, culture, and science of those meals with experts from around the world. Today on the program, Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom is an award-winning comedic actor best known for co-creating and starring in the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She currently stars in Reboot on Hulu. She wrote a book of essays called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are, and she is on tour right now performing her one-woman show, Death, Let Me Do My Special. Rachel loves the Olive Garden. So I called up Marilyn Haggerty, famous for writing a glowing review of the Olive Garden in her local newspaper. I would recommend going to the Olive Garden. It's a good place for lunch. Dinner is fine. They have a bar area in most Olive Gardens. They serve alcohol. You can get anything you want at the Olive Garden. More Marilyn coming up later in the show. But first, my conversation with Rachel Bloom. So, of course, I did my research and I was reading a bunch of stuff and looking at all kinds of podcasts you're on. And you've talked about squatty potties, ADHD, plastic surgery, your decision to have kids, Jewish grandmothers, summer camp. But I didn't see that you've ever been on a food podcast. Is this your first one? I was on one, a friend's top chef centric podcast, but that was very about the current season airing. So this is my first real food podcast. I'm very excited. Woohoo! It's an exclusive, as they say in the biz. Do you have a giant pretzel in your backyard? I do. (laughs) What is that from? It's from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. The giant pretzel oh. is, it's in the first number in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's in my back, it's in my backyard. And it's going to be permanently there? Yeah, it's, it's nailed to the wall and everything. Nice. I saw you were actually in some other photo shoot. You were wearing a shirt with pretzels on it. Are you a pretzel person? I do actually really like pretzels. It ended up being a big theme in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She works in a pretzel shop later on, but I also separately really like pretzels. What's your favorite shape? Of pretzel? Yeah. Oh, like I like a big giant soft pretzel. That is the best one. I feel like I've been a pretzel family. So we always had, you know, rods and tiny sticks and tiny twists. Oh, yes. I'm I'm a big like give me a classic big soft pretzel. And it's kind of hard to find a good one because I think most of them, they're just the frozen kind. They're fine. I will say Target, last I checked, has really good soft pretzels. Yeah, my parents and I used to go to Target just for the pretzels. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Yeah. So you've been to a lot of award ceremonies at this point. You have won many awards. Do they give you food when you go? What is that food situation like? I'm so excited to talk about this. In my book, I actually rate the different award ceremonies um, according to, I think it's like food, how much shapewear you have to wear and like general vibes. So the Critics' Choice Awards, I don't know what their problem is. They they have like notoriously small amounts of food. The good food is after, but mm. it's a long award ceremony. So they have like little kind of nibbles. Golden Globes is a full dinner. The Emmys is nothing. You have to buy your concessions because it's at the Staples Center. So you basically buy the concessions. Uh, there's like champagne, which I guess is new for the Emmys, but 
other than that, it's like candy, pretzels, popcorn, and it's long. And I'm thinking of the creative arts Emmys, which are really, really long. And then there's a, a meal after. Okay. Uh, and then I haven't been to the Oscars. Uh, when yeah. you say concessions, it's basically like as if you were going to a basketball game or something. Yes. It's the same food. Yes. Weird. And afterwards, you know, you see sometimes on Instagram, like the cool kids after an award show, they go to In-N-Out. Is that something that you do? Do you have a place that you like to go or do you just come home and make macaroni and cheese? Well, again, there are usually things now after the shows, there are like receptions, like after the Emmys, there's something called the governor's ball, which is where they have the real food, mm-hmm. which is where you can actually eat, I guess, because the red carpet is over. So you don't have to suck in or whatever. So I've never found the need to go to in and out. Um, maybe that's like the really famous people who don't want to get bombarded at the governor's ball. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're going to get bombarded at in and out. So mm-hmm. how's the yeah. food at the after dinner? Is it good? It's good. Yeah, the Governor's Balls Buffet style, if I remember correctly. Same thing with Critics' Choice Awards this year. It's good food. Yeah, yeah. It's good, <laughs> serviceable food. And, and you'd be surprised at the amount of people who are eating, considering it's a lot of actors, but people yeah. do eat. And it's good food, but there's not, I wish that there were more food being served during ceremonies because these ceremonies are long and you get hungry. And then they're weirdly in the middle of the day, which is around the time that you'd be eating lunch and dinner. It's weird. Have you ever brought a snack in your purse? Yeah, I have. I've brought some nuts. I've brought some energy bars. Totally. Rachel has always loved sweets. And when she couldn't get them at home, she found a way to get them at school. I took home economics in my public middle school. Uh, Just wanted to shout out public education. (laughs) And we learned how to make frosting. And I want to say it's with just butter, uh, sugar, milk, and then a little vanilla extract. And you, if you like whip that up, just in like a bowl with a fork, you can make kind of like a janky frosting. Uh-huh. And my parents, uh, we really didn't keep a lot of sweets in the house, which is good, except I would crave a dessert at night. So sometimes I would just make myself this frosting for dessert and just eat it with a spoon. And then I remember one time my mom realized I was doing this and that I was doing it with plain vanilla extract. And then I was putting quite a lot of vanilla extract. And she's like, that's called being a cheap drunk because there is alcohol (laughs) in vanilla extract, but you don't have to be 21 to buy it. The way you make vanilla extract is you just put vanilla beans in vodka and let it steep for a long time. But I was told that it cooks off and I was wondering, wait, does it cook Does off when it? you bake something or do they cook it off before they sell it to you? I mean, you don't have to be 21 to buy vanilla extract and it yeah. does smell a lot like alcohol. Yeah. So I don't know what's cooking off. I'm having the same situation where if I don't buy sweets and keep them in the house, like I'm pouring honey on a spoon oh, or yeah. I'm eating raw cocoa powder and it's like fluffing all over the place. You just resort. And also the thing is at my school, there were so many sweets. I had every every day for snack, I remember I'd have either a fast break bar or like a huge cinnamon roll. I was 16, so my metabolism was amazing. So I was like a size zero eating yes. just junk. Yes, mine was that, but with Taco Bell. What a time to be alive. What a time. <laughs> do you think they still have home ec? I hope they do, and I hope they've expanded it. I generally, now that I'm adult, think that I'm an adult. I'm an did I say now that I'm adult? Whatever. <laughs> now that I'm an adult, I I think there should be mandatory classes on how to do taxes, how to change a diaper. And, and home ec, I still remember how to sew from home ec. Also how to negotiate with a job because so many of us don't know how to. 
oh, the idea that you're supposed to negotiate with a job was something that was an absolute mystery to me. There are essential life skills that I haven't heard of even being taught in the fanciest of private schools. Yeah. And in home ec, I feel like they would never do this now. I remember having to fill out a sheet and then make a vision board that included how old do you want to be when you get married? How many kids do you want to have? And I just filled it in exactly what my mom did. And we cut out wedding dresses and we were gluing them on paper. And now that I'm thinking about it, I bet it was some like single female teacher who was like, let's dream. (laughs) That's so, yeah. Ours was cooking and sewing, but there were boys in the class. So it was very not gendered. Mm-hmm. But but I guess that it was fundamentally gendered because we didn't learn how to like fix a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sewing and cooking. Yeah. I did my vanilla extract research. And yes, vanilla extract is highly alcoholic. The FDA actually requires by law that pure vanilla extract contain a minimum of 35% alcohol. That is the same proof as Captain Morgan rum. So why are children allowed to buy it? Well, according to an article in Bon Appetit magazine, this little boozy loophole comes thanks to prohibition. Folks knew that prohibition was coming and the Flavors and Extracts Manufacturers Association spent years lobbying legislators, trying to convince them that the food industry would tank if alcohol was banned from flavor extracts. So they got an exemption, but only if they promised to make the extract non-potable. Basically a product that people wouldn't want to drink. And by the time prohibition was repealed, vanilla extract was home free. Bon Appetit reports that vanilla extract is regulated by the Food and Drug Administration as a food product. And that, my friends, is why you don't get carded for vanilla when you go out to buy ingredients for chocolate chip cookies. Okay, time for a quick break. But when we come back, all you can eat breadsticks, soup and salad. I have lived in Seattle for nearly 20 years, but every time I take a ferry across the Puget Sound to Washington's Kitsap Peninsula, it always feels like an adventure. If you love quaint, charming waterfront villages with great food, wine tasting, and beautiful forests and waterways, start planning your summer trip to the Kitsap Peninsula. You can walk on the ferry in downtown Seattle, and in 35 minutes, you are in downtown Bainbridge Island. I recommend stopping by Blackbird Bakery. Right now, they have a seasonal rhubarb custard tart and forage nettle lemonade. Walk down the street to the Bainbridge Island Museum of Art or just stroll all the cute shops on the main drag. And last summer, I finally visited Paul's Bow, an adorable Norwegian seaside town. You can rent a kayak or a paddleboard at Olympic Outdoor Center, pick up some black licorice at Marina Market, and check into Hotel Scandi, a modern boutique hotel in a historic building with big water views. Play and stay on the Kitsap Peninsula. Discover more at visitkitsap.com slash yourlastmeal. That's Kitsap, K-I-T-S-A-P. Talk about where you had the season premiere party for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, so we had no real money on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for publicity or marketing. We were a show on a network called The CW, and there wasn't a lot of fancy money. You'd see shows that premiered on Amazon and HBO, and they get these big fancy premiere parties that the network or studio would spring for, and that's not what we had. And so kind of ironically... 
It was more ironic with the fact that that was all we could afford for a premiere party. But my love for it is completely unironic. I love Olive Garden and I've just been gifted a never-ending pasta pass. We had our season three premiere at the Olive Garden. You got a never-ending pasta pass? I did. I did. Did you use it at the premiere? You're like, everyone pay for themselves, but I have this. A hundred percent I did, yes. Yeah. Who got that for you? The Olive Garden sent it because we'd mentioned them in the show a couple times. So I got a like a VIP pasta pass. That's amazing. For people who don't know, can you explain how it works? The never-ending pasta pass is for a certain season at the Olive Garden, you get uh, free pasta and as much as you want. So it's not year-round. It's like a certain part of the year. I believe it's a certain part of the year. Oh, it was only for like a year. They didn't okay. give me a, a perpetual never-ending pasta pass. I mean, I'm not like Emma Stone. <laughs> What's your classic order? Salad breadsticks, that comes with everything. I mean, just the classic spaghetti and meatballs with a ton of Romano cheese. And the Olive mm-hmm. Garden is the reason that I love Pecorino Romano. And in fact, for uh, Hanukkah this year, my husband got me uh, like a, a vintage metal cheese grater, Olive Garden style, to put cheese in. Yes, the kind with the crank that yes. you spin yes. it. Oh my God, it's so satisfying. Doesn't it feel good? Oh, it feels so good and it makes the flakiest, most beautiful cheese. Yeah, you can feel that it's coming out softly. I don't understand how that works. Yes, you can feel it just kind of gently snowing on the pasta. (laughs) It's a beautiful scene. Yes. Did you take over the Olive Garden? Did you close it down? No, we just got a section. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. featured many chain restaurants in this show. Taco Bell, KFC. I interviewed the chief culinary officer at the Cheesecake Factory. And all of these big brands started off as a mom and pop restaurant. And they all have an interesting origin story. So I was like, okay, Olive Garden. When I'm here, I'm family. Tell me the family secrets. Take me to Italy. Tell me about Olivia Garden, the Italian Nona and inspiration for the Olive Garden, who baked unlimited breadsticks for the poor out of her Tuscan farmhouse. But then I went to the Olive Garden Wikipedia page. There is no Olivia Garden. There is no Italy. There is no mom and pop. Sadly, there is no good origin story. Olive Garden was created by General Mills. It's like one of those corporate boy bands created by a record label. Okay, we need a babyface one. We need a bad boy. We need the heartthrob. General Mills was like, okay, we need the breadsticks. We need the soup. We need the all-you-can-eat salad, the fettuccine Alfredo. And the girls in the suburbs are going to go crazy. The first Olive Garden opened in Orlando in 1982. And today there are 800 locations in nine countries, including the Philippines and Costa Rica. And that concludes the Olive Garden history portion of the show. But there is an interesting Olive Garden story to tell, and it revolves around a woman named Marilyn Haggerty. Marilyn Haggerty is a columnist for the Grand Forks Herald in Grand Forks, North Dakota. She has been writing for the paper since 1957. And today, at 96 years old, she still writes two or three columns a week. I'm sort of retired. My husband died some time ago. He retired like normal people do, but I never quit. (laughs) I sit here now in this uh, semi-retirement home and other people play bingo and get their nails polished. I don't really like to do that. I'd rather write stories. So I sit in my room and I write three columns a week. That's what I like to do. Marilyn could only do a phone interview. So as you could hear, the sound quality 
is not great. But I think that our story is worth a little bit of overmodulation. So I hope that you will bear with us. Marilyn doesn't have a specific beat, but she's written a lot of restaurant reviews. And in 2012, she wrote a review for the paper's Eat Beat column titled Long Awaited Olive Garden Receives Warm Welcome. Grand Forks got its first Olive Garden, and Marilyn wrote up an earnest review. Here are a few excerpts. The place is impressive. It's fashioned in Tuscan farmhouse style with a welcoming entryway. There is seating for those who are waiting. I asked my server what she would recommend. She suggested chicken Alfredo, and I went with that. Instead of the raspberry lemonade she suggested, I drank water. She first brought me the familiar Olive Garden salad bowl with crisp greens, peppers, onion rings, and yes, several black olives. Marilyn goes on to describe the decor in great detail, what the servers were wearing. She reports that there are low-fat and gluten-free options. And then she writes, All in all, it is the largest and most beautiful restaurant now operating in Grand Forks. It attracts visitors from out of town as well as people who live here. This review went viral, like crazy viral. Folks around the country snarked and tittered and cooed, highly amused that an average chain restaurant was given a glowing review in the newspaper. Well, I just can't imagine why it did. It was, oh, <laughs> in a way, I felt that some of these people were sort of making fun of me. I mean, it wasn't that great a piece of writing. It was just what the thing that I did every week. I thought it was funny. Most of my friends, <laughs> you know, they just thought it was a big joke. It's so funny because I got so much publicity and it was written up. I looked out in the street one night and I had all these two or three trucks with um, recording stuff in them from as far away as Chicago, Minneapolis, Fargo, and they wanted to interview me. I thought it was very amusing. I had a friend from Winnipeg. She came down and I said, you're going to have to stay here and answer the phone because I can't answer the phone all the time. And all these people want to know about the Olive Garden and my column about the Olive Garden. And so the next thing I knew, I was on my way to New York. I was on uh, national television in New York City. She was on Anderson Cooper, The Today Show. She even caught the attention of Anthony Bourdain, who defended her in this tweet. Quote, very much enjoying watching the internet sensation Marilyn Haggerty triumph over the snarkologists, myself included. He wanted to interview me, so he came over to my hotel one morning and and we had breakfast together and we he wanted to come out here to Grand Forks. But he, he never was able to make the trip. So he offered her a book deal with his imprint, and together they published A History of American Dining in 128 Reviews. Do you consider yourself a foodie? Are you somebody who loves food? Me? Yes. Uh, I've always enjoyed eating at a restaurant. I've always enjoyed watching the other people. I've enjoyed the different things people will order. When I was growing up in South Dakota in the Great Depression, people didn't go out to restaurants. And so in my mind, going out to a restaurant was a big, big deal, a big treat. We didn't go out like we did now when I raised my own children. They had plenty of outings, especially to places like McDonald's. I just think restaurants are 
fun and fun to write about. It's interesting reading your Olive Garden review and talking to you about food. You don't actually talk about the food that much. It's more of a report on the atmosphere, the hours, allergies. You are a journalist through and through. In a way, the review feels less about the food and more about the story. Yes, and I worry about that sometimes, and I try to make an effort to zero in on the food. I don't spend paragraph after paragraph discussing the food. I I guess I do talk more about the restaurant and the service, and I've never really thought of it that way, but I guess that is right. I'm not really an expert at food. What is your favorite thing to order at the Olive Garden? Oh, Uh, I was there just a couple of weeks ago with some friends and we ate the special for the day. I don't care. I just ordered the same thing and I like to order what most people order. Once again, no mention of the food. Marilyn's favorite part of going to New York City on her whirlwind publicity tour was getting to sit in on an editorial meeting at the New York Times. She is truly a journalist's journalist. It's just what I do, what I've done all my life. I started, I think, when I was 17 or 18 years old. All right, it's break time. But when we return, Rachel Bloom shares her last meal. listening to your last meal, you might like watching my new TV show, The Nosh with Rachel Bell. We just wrapped up season one, so there are four tasty episodes ready for you to binge at CascadePBS.org. In episode one, I convince an East Coast skeptic that Seattle now has fantastic bagels. And in the season finale, we go truffle hunting just about an hour outside of Seattle. Episodes are a quick bite just eight and a half minutes long. So grab a snack and cozy up with the nosh. Available anytime, anywhere at CascadePBS.org or find a link in the show notes. So let's talk about the big question. What would your last meal be? Oh my God, right. And it can be as big as I want. Yeah, you can have as many courses as you want. You can have the Olive Garden never-ending last meal pass. I mean, a piece of New York pizza, pasta, hmm, I'd say pasta just like from Italy, anywhere in Italy, Uh the beautiful red sauce, and then like grated Olive Garden Pecorino Romato cheese on it, glass of white wine. Would you do the grading yourself or do you want someone to grade no, it for I'll, you? No, I'll grade it myself. Thank you. Oh, glass white wine and then finish it off with like an, oh man, I don't, man, the finishing it off is like the really hard part. Okay. Finishing it off with like a piece of funfetti cake, some peanut butter cookie dough ice cream. I oh, might yeah, be making this up. I, I think, I think it's like, basically I want cookie dough put into peanut butter ice cream and then a little bit of bread pudding. Are you still a big dessert person? It yes. Seems so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I want. And then I would I would have some sushi in there. It just might clash with everything. I think it'd be a palate cleanser. Okay. So I'd have like a palate cleanser of like a like a spicy tuna roll and then a cheese and gelato with rice and beans. <laughs> Is that it? You sure? That's it. Okay. 
I feel like you almost just ate this meal. Like you had to like lean back for a second. And I'm like, so relax. I'm so full from it, and, and but I'm so happy. For her last meal, Rachel Bloom wants a slice of New York pizza. Pasta with red sauce from anywhere in Italy with Olive Garden-style grated Pecorino Romano cheese, a glass of white wine, a piece of funfetti cake, peanut butter cookie dough ice cream, bread pudding, a spicy tuna roll palate cleanser, and a cheese enchilada with rice and beans. What's your relationship with New York pizza? Any slice of pizza you get in any random shop in New York is the best slice of pizza you've ever had. And I love New York pizza so much. It's the best pizza I can think of. Do you have a favorite place? No, because that's the thing. Any random place in New York is going to have a good slice of pizza. If yeah. you don't, you you don't survive because there's so much competition. So truly like a slice, a big slice from like any place. Even the dollar places? Um, Those are a little more hit and miss. So maybe not like the dollar places, but any other random spot. I mean, I guess I'll say Ben's, but I could also say Ray's on 14th and 6th. And I it. I could also say Familia. Familia is good too. I'll say it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they're all really, really, really good. And then pasta, my love of pasta was started at the Olive Garden. I just love pasta. And there's like a drawing I did when I was like six of my favorite meal. And it was a piece of pizza and pasta. <gasps> it's um, the same. It's the same. And then, and then I grew up in California and you know, Mexican food is, is unbelievable. And I like cheesy carbs. So yeah. cheese enchiladas with rice and beans is my other go-to favorite meal. Oh, it's just such a deep part of myself that will always be comforted by that. And then your desserts. Funfetti cake is just the best. It's the best cake, vanilla cake out there. I just think other cakes sometimes get too rich. Just, you don't need to complicate it. Just mm -hmm. like grocery store, funfetti cake. That is also Greta Gerwig's last meal. She also chose funfetti cake. There you go. There you go. I'm just like Greta Gerwig. This is what I keep telling my agents. And they're like, uh -huh, sure. <laughs> uh, and then peanut butter. I love peanut butter in things. So any peanut butter dessert I'd be happy with. But I was like, well, like, I also love cookie dough. So I could double it up. And then I said bread pudding just because like I don't have it a lot. But every time I have it, I'm like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. And that was Rachel Bloom's last meal. Get a ticket to Rachel's live show. Go to racheldoesstuff.com or find a link in the show notes. Well, I don't want to spoil much, but yeah, so it's this live show I've been developing for the past a year and a half. It's a stand-up music storytelling special that wants to be one thing, but then something makes it go awry. Rachel Bloom, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice chatting with you and thank you for sharing your last meal. Thank you for having me. Have fun on your tour. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Marilyn Haggerty, writer for the Grand Forks Herald. In February 2020, Marilyn went back to the Olive Garden to update her review. This time, she said the salad didn't have enough olives, but she asked for more on the side. This episode of Your Last Meal was produced by me and mixed by Randy Torres, whose brain mailbox is currently full and not accepting new messages. Original theme music by Prom Queen. Your Last Meal is a Slide Down the Dinosaur Media production. How do you feel about matzo ball soup? Do you want my recipe? Do you realize it is the best recipe? I know Passover is over, but last week I shared my recipe for matzo ball soup on my Substack newsletter. 
If you're not subscribed, it is free. Just go to rachelbell.substack.com. Make sure you're following along on Instagram. Hello, Rachel Bell. And if you haven't already, please, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or give us a quick like on Spotify. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is your last meal. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? We got some hot Rachel on Rachel action here. Love it. You were roommates with Alana Glazer, which I think anybody who is in love with your work and hers is like, what was happening in this apartment? What was going on? Uh, How long did you guys live together? It was like a year. So honestly, I wasn't there much because it was the year I started dating my now husband. Mm -hmm. But also I think I was a weird roommate uh, because she was best friends with like the other guy we lived with. I don't know. I had a lot of unresolved issues. So like I I went to bed at weird hours. She would make a smoothie in the morning and I would say it was like too loud. Like I think I think I wasn't a good roommate, even though we both really liked each other. I think I was a weird roommate. Now I think I'm a good roommate to my husband. I don't know. I was like weird. I was messy. I don't know. It was a weird roommate.